Hello everyone and happy Easter to you. And if you're here for the first time on our video, great to have you with us. Uh, we're starting a new series today. We're starting a series called Beyond. And I titled this uh, lesson today as Beyond the Grave, or it could be Beyond the Tomb, probably even more appropriate if I had named it that, but I didn't. But here, needless to say, I, I wanted, the reason I titled it this new series that we're doing is Beyond is because I'm kind of a huge Star Trek guy. No, I am. I, I love Star Trek. To boldly go where no one has gone before. <laughs> I just, I, I, I like thinking about what's out there. I love thinking beyond our limits. I, I love thinking and being in different places, seeing what's out there, trying to understand what's going on in places that are sometimes out of my reach or out of the limitations of where I am right now. Some of us love our comfort zone. We love where we are and we love to be here, but I want us to think out there. I want us to think beyond. Okay, so I got a little question for you this morning as we uh, just kind of get into this lesson and this Easter Sunday. What do you think is the greatest event in all of human history? No, really. Take a second. What is the greatest event in all of human history? What would you say? Okay, so you can go on the internet and you can look and you can ask that question. And it'll come up with a lot of different things. It's the greatest event in human history. And, you know, many of them say, well, it was the invention of the will. That was the greatest invention, the greatest event of all the human history is when someone cut out something round and used it as a will. Or maybe it was the invention of the internet. Some people have said the greatest event was World War I and World War II. Or maybe it was the Industrial Revolution, or maybe it was landing on the moon. But you and I, you and I have a different perspective, do we not? We believe the greatest event in all of human history is, I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to ask you if it's one of three things. Okay, now we kind of know, you know where I'm going, but I want to ask you which one of these, if you have to pick, you had to pick, which one of these would you say is the greatest event in all of human history? Would you say, number one, A, that it's the incarnation? It's the incarnation. In other words, Christ becoming flesh, God becoming flesh, in the form of Jesus Christ, in the form of his Son, Jesus Christ. God becoming flesh, the birth of Jesus Christ. Would you say that that is the greatest event in all of human history? I mean, we have a day for it. We celebrate that. Okay, we celebrate that. Or, or is it the crucifixion? Jesus' death on the cross and everything that means for you and for me. The atonement, his sacrifice, the redemption, the forgiveness of sins that is offered on that cross because of his blood that now flows through our veins and cleanses us from our sins. Or, or is it the resurrection? The resurrection is Christ's life after death. So if you had to choose, if you had to choose, which one would it be? No, no, really. Which one would it be? Would you do the incarnation, the birth of Jesus, God becoming man? Or would you do the crucifixion, the atonement that centers around all of his death there on the cross? Or would you say it was a resurrection? Which one would you say it was? 
Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 14, we read these words. It's not going to be on the screen, but just listen to this. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can you, some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Paul put a lot of emphasis on saying to everyone that the resurrection had to happen. Many people are saying, no, there wasn't any resurrection from the dead. It's the only way that our faith makes sense. It's the only way that it makes sense. In other words, the resurrection is very important. Why? Because generosity is the best way to live. The empty tomb means that Jesus is, the generosity that Jesus had is the generosity that we should have, and it's the best way to live. The empty tomb also tells us that self-sacrifice, self-sacrifice ought to be a characteristic of our faith. In other words, am I thinking about others before I think about myself? Am I willing to offer myself for on behalf of others, or is it always about myself? The empty tomb tells us that I think of others before I think about myself. Here's the third one. The third one would be this. Forgiveness is worth paying the price. Forgiveness is worth paying the price, even if someone doesn't forgive me. You forgive because I forgive because I have been forgiven. Because he has forgiven me, I forgive others. And then the last little thing I have is love really does win. No, no, love really does win. It does. Now, to give you a little bit more background on how important this is, how important the resurrection is, let me read, let me read 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The second Corinthians chapter 4. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is to your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away. Yet inwardly, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. 
For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That verse says that we are not in control. None of us are in control. And we come in jars of clay, which we are easily broken. Easily broken. I mean, how many of us 60 and older have these ailments that we just carry around with us? How many of you 30 to 59 have those ailments that you're carrying around with you? We live in jars of clay. We live in jars of clay. And the question, the question I want to ask you is, are we willing to trust the story? Are we willing to trust the story? Are we willing to trust that? You know, these past couple of years, we've had more funerals here at Lycoma than probably any time in the history of our congregation. We're almost 60 years old. And so that's it's been interesting, that dynamic, to see the grief that is in this audience. Many have lost spouses, husbands and wives. Others of you have lost parents. And some of you have lost brothers and sisters. This has been a difficult time. And the question is, is are we going to trust the story? Are we going to trust the story? We tell, we tell about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We tell about the resurrection and, and the day and the hope that we have in the resurrection of our own lives one day. But, but I need more hope than something that's a cheap hope. I need something that's more than just, hey, there's one day that's coming up. There's a day that's coming when we will see, when we will be with all the saints that are raised to meet Jesus in the air. We will be with those who are saints. I need more than that to help me through the day, to help me through the weeks, to help me through the months, and maybe my grief, or maybe maybe it's even those times in our life when I need to trust the story about what's going on inside of me. Those things that are struggling with in my own life. The cross, brothers and sisters, will not bring anyone back but the tomb. The empty tomb. Now that's another story. That's another story. Oh, I may not see him here, but the empty tomb, the empty tomb brings hope. And what we need, what we need, each and one of us need is a living hope. Yes, this life is not the end. Yes, I know I have a hope of being with him one day, but that cheap hope that is there, no, I need something stronger for me now. Is there something for me now that I can hang on to, hold on to, in the midst of my grief, in the midst of who I am as a believer? 
Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am lowly and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I'm here for you now. I am here for you now. And the question I have, the question I have is, I, I've heard this saying before this, that says, dying was the reason for living. Dying was a reason, was his reason for living. And I want to ask you a question. Can, you, can we maybe say it a different way? Could it, or could it be living was his reason for dying? Living was his reason for dying. The resurrection of God. The resurrection is God's proclamation that he has been telling the truth from the beginning. From the beginning of creation, God said it is good. It is good. Does any of us even believe that right now? In our world the way it is right now? Do we believe that it is good? This is good? We look around and we see what our world is telling us and the media is telling us about everything and the question is 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 it good i mean it seems like death is taking a stand death is winning the day god was wrong about this world and then how many of us have our own shortcomings we're rebellious our internal nature you're not worthy my shame, my sins, my shortcomings, my selfishness. Do we trust the story? Can we trust the story? This living hope. This living hope. Brothers and sisters, Jesus walked out of the tomb. Jesus walked out of the tomb. He walked out of the tomb. Goodness still exists in this world. The empty tomb is a universal declaration of hope for you and for me. Jesus is our living hope now in the midst of the sin, in the midst of our, our despair, in the midst of everything that's going on in our lives. We have this living hope now, and this living hope is worth it. Trust the story. This living hope is worth it. Listen to 1 Peter. When Peter says this, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are living in eternity now. In eternity now, we have a seat in heaven with God right now. We are seated with Him in the heavenly realm. That's what Ephesians talks about. Seated with Him in the heavenly realms. This living hope changes us. It gives us hope for the day. It turns us from looking beyond, I want to be there, to living here now. And it's not easy. We are jars of clay. We can be broken, 
But Jesus comes into our hearts and he comes into our lives and he says, I will give you rest. I give you hope. I am here for you. For the weary, for the burdened, for those who are struggling with sin, I am here for you. We have a living hope and this living hope is worth living for. Trust the story. We need to trust the story. Living hope also changes our hearts and our minds. It changes our hearts and our minds. Each and every one of us, we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. We went down in that watery grave and we were raised with Him. As He connected us, as we connected with Him in His death, we also connected with Him in our resurrection. He lives and we live. We live a new life. A new life centered on the hope that we have in Him. And it changes our hearts and it changes our minds. Since then, we have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. We believe in second chances. Yeah, we believe in second chances. That hearts that are broken can be mended. We can forgive those who have hurt us and sinned against us. We can conquer our addictions. We can overcome our failures and fight that internal, that, those terminal illnesses with faith. With faith. Why? Because we trust the story. Because we have a living hope, not a cheap hope, not a cheap hope, but a living hope that is living within us. And this living hope saves us. It saves us. It's the thing that, that helps us on our journey of faith. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9 through nine says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded Shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. Greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. It may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. God will raise us up. Not because we deserve it. Not because of something we've done. But what He has done in us. Because of this faith-filled hope that we have in Him. His saving power. His blood is coursing through our veins. 
cleansing us of our sins. It is by His power. It is by His grace. It is by His sacrificial blood. It is by His love that we are saved. Jesus walked out of the tomb. He walked out of the tomb. So are we living in hope or are we living in fear? Are we living in hope or are we living in doubt? Are we living in hope or are we living in despair? Despair. Each of us can be delivered from sin and doubt and despair and fear. This living hope delivers us now. As we draw closer to our Heavenly Father, He delivers us. Living hope delivers. Hebrews 10 verses 19-23 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, confidence to enter into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is, His body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Do you believe? Do you believe and do you trust the story? Will you put your faith in that story, in Jesus Christ, in the hope that we have been given in Him, through Him, in this momentary time that we have? Trust the story. Believe in the story. And as we have been have received this, we take what has been given to us and we share it with others. We take it beyond, just here, and take it out there, and take it to a place where no one has been before. Brothers and sisters, we live in a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of His death, Because of his life, we now live. Blessings. I love you.